Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Along with me as always, across from me as always, I should say, is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We've got a big one for you this podcast. I can't say tonight. I don't know when people are listening to this. Day, night, afternoon, whatever on the ESPN Chicago app. Take it wherever you go. All over the world. Wherever you're listening to this, there's a big one this weekend. UFC 297. Duplessis, Strickland, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. They kind of already almost fought at the last pay-per-view in the stands. But first, you know what we have to do, right? Yeah. We got some news from our news. What is it, Lassie? There's another (laughs) UFC 300 fight we've got to talk about? A couple of them. A couple of them have happened. Max Holloway, Justin Gagey for the BMF title, which is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, I'd be fine to see these guys fight regardless. I don't need a, a lame title to see these two fight. So, yeah, Justin Gage, our first one that we got announced, Justin Gagey against Max Holloway. Yeah, very interesting fight. Two of the, you know, the best fighters that we've had over the last decade. Two guys stylistically that match up great against each other. I guess we're going to get a healthy dose of The Rock now because this is for the BMF title. I believe that this one will be on the five or six fight pay-per-view my early lean is justin gagey okay because of what we saw happen between max holloway and dustin poirier when max holloway went up from featherweight to lightweight he tried to institute the same type of fight formula with his pressure his outstanding boxing his great cardio and his ability to weather violence weather strikes and get the win But what we saw happen was Dustin Poirier at 155 or anybody at 155 hits with a little bit more velocity, a little bit more violence than you would get from a regular 145-pound fighter. So if you're telling me not only is he going up to 155, but he's going up against one of the most powerful punchers and lethal strikers in that division, maybe Justin Gagey won't be able to get him out of there and finish him. But I believe the damage that is going to uh, happen over, and I'm not even sure if it's a three- or five-round fight, but whatever, the distance of the fight, I'm going to lean Justin Gagey, and the odds makers agree. He's, he's been instituted as uh, the betting favorite when this fight line uh, and this fight was released. Yeah, and our next one, uh, which we've been talking about for a while and is now official, uh, Jim Miller will officially be on the card for... UFC 300, he will be fighting Bobby Green. It's not what we wanted. Like, I thought it would be cool to get him in a, uh, in a what do you call it, a double retirement. With Clay Guida? Uh, with Clay Guida. Well, Bobby I Green that would... could retire. I Bobby mean... Green could retire. I feel like Bobby Green's fought a lot, you he know? Has. Like, yeah, but, I mean, this would be like, if you set it up that way, be like, hey, we know going in, we're both, this is done. We're both done. We're calling it careers, and we're just going to, you know, like Apollo and uh, <laughs> and Rocky at the end where they touch gloves and it turns into like a weird painting. <laughs> like that would be how this how this ends. So, I would, that would be interesting to handicap a double knockout uh, if, if that were to occur. Look, two, two guys that are, that are finishers, two guys that uh, uh, have been in the UFC for quite some time. I'm really happy that Jim Miller, first off, cashed uh, for us uh, at, at Fat Jack Sports. He missed the under with Gabriel Benitez. By a manner of uh, about a minute, uh, so we lost that fight. But 
happy that Jim Miller gets the quick turnaround that he was asking for. He gets a fun fight, a guy that's going to bring him the fight that he wants. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see either fighter get their hand raised. So I'm not going to offer like I did with Gagey uh, over Max Holloway, a winner just yet. Going to have to dive in a little bit deeper but certainly will be a fun fight and a fight for the fans. All right, let's uh, let's get into it with uh, UFC 297. Speaking of Max Holloway, our first uh, fight that we're going to be previewing on this main card, Arnold Allen plus 160 against Movsar Ivloyev, minus 205. Uh, Arnold Allen lost to uh, Max Holloway in Kansas City last April. How about that? Last April, right. So we're going to learn a lot how Arnold Allen bounces back a- after taking a loss like he did, obviously, Losing to Max Holloway is not something that uh, is ever going to be disrespected. Max Holloway is one of the best fighters that we've ever seen. So, A, how does Arnold Allen bounce back after he was surging and being in consideration for a future featherweight championship fight? And most importantly, against a guy in Evilev who is undefeated, a guy that has showcased outstanding grappling and the ability to take fights to the ground when he wants to. Evolving striker, but more importantly, a guy whose bread and butter is to take this fight to the ground. Now, I think the the way to look at this fight is is, is actually watch the first 30 seconds. Watch the thir- first 30 seconds or a minute and see if and when Evil Olav is able to get this fight to the ground. Because he's not going to beat around the bush. He's not going to mess around with Arnold Allen on the feet, and he's going to look to take this fight to the ground. And Arnold Allen has had some very good takedown defense in his UFC career. If you look at it, he has some of the best in the featherweight division. The issue with that statistic, it's kind of a little bit, uh, you know, that college basketball team that's beating up on all the teams in the mid-majors, you know, that, that's undefeated. He hasn't fought a wrestler. He hasn't fought a guy that's actually <laughs> going to look to take the fight to the ground and, and keep the fight uh, to the ground. So I'll be very interested to see how Evil Olev uh, institute his takedowns and what Arnold Allen uh, is able to do. Uh, I think this fight should be more more on the uh, handicap side of a pick em. I, I just think that Arnold Allen, recency bias, the way that Max Holloway handled him, we forget Arnold Allen was stomping people throughout the featherweight division and his, vil- his victory over Sadiq Youssef, his victory over Dan Hooker, but... He hasn't fought a wrestler, and when you go in bread and butter and look at a guy like Evilev, he's been able to take fights to the ground whenever he pleases, albeit he also hasn't fought to the level of competition that Arnold Allen. This is a dramatic step up in competition. So what I'm getting at, I know you're asking, Adam, what I'm getting at is I'm going <laughs> to lean Arnold Allen. Ooh. I'm going to lean that he bounces. There's not a lot of dogs that I like on this card. Arnold Allen is one of them. I think... We're going to learn a lot. We're probably going to have to bet this fight live. So wait until the actual fight starts. But if you need to play this fight, you feel like, ah, oh, it's a pay-per-view, Jordan. I got to get I got to get some of my bets in. I'm going to watch this fight. I got. I, I think you got to side with Arnold Allen. All right. Um, I mean, you said you said Ivoyev is going to look to go to the ground and work his submission game. And I'm looking at the method of victory here. And Ivoyev by submission is all the way at the bottom at 10 to 1. Well, that's because he's not really a submission threat. He's, he's a guy that's a control, he's a control fight? fighter. Okay. Yeah, he's a control fighter, gets takedowns, okay. you know, grapples you to death. And look, you know, against a guy like Nick Lentz, he did it. Against a guy like Mike Grundy, who's a very good, accomplished uh, uh, Olympic wrestler, did that. Dan Ige, the same thing. Dan Ige, probably the, the, the most comparable type of fighter uh, upwards in the featherweight division, packed some good, strong boxing. I think 
Arnold Allen has a little bit more versatility to his striking, but he just hasn't fought a, a guy like Arnold Allen that's in the top five, top six, if you will, of the featherweight division. So this will be a huge, huge test for Evolvev. And also recency bias for me, not necessarily in the handicapping, but uh, his last time out, not impressive of a victory w- whatsoever. I mean, he took a guy that was uh, on short notice. Uh, he was scheduled to fight Bryce Mitchell. We know what that guy can do from the grappling department, but he had to pull out of the fight. So against Diego Lopez, like it, it really wasn't that impressive. And Diego Lopez is not that good of a fighter. No disrespect, <laughs> Diego. Love you, but you're not. Uh, and so he didn't listens, learn a lot. So. Yeah, he does. Hi, Boel. <laughs> no, Boel's listening. Is Boel going to headline UFC 300? No. I don't think so. They haven't even announced a fight yet. The fight card needs a headliner. I don't think that's going to be the headliner. Like, I would love it. That would be amazing. But I don't think so. I mean, what's-his-face doesn't even want to fight him. So, like, I mean, what are we going to do here? Well, we got to do something because UFC 300 needs, I think, two more title fights. At At least. Top of the bill. This is UFC 300. There should should be all the title fights. All of them. Every fight should be a title fight. The BMF title should open up the pay-per-view. Yes. And the rest of them should be title fights. Jim Miller should open up the entire card. No, he should be the end of the uh, the end of the prelims. Early prelims. End of the prelims, not early prelims. End of the prelims. Wait, so the last fight before the pay per view? Yes. Yeah, come on, dude. I mean, it is Jim fucking Miller, but exactly. Come on. No, that's fine. It's Jim uh, Miller. Come on. I'm not. I'm not on board with that. Why? I'm not on board with that. Give the man his due. Sometimes, sometimes you just you just give the man his due, and then you're not going to put him on the main card. No, please not. So put him on the the end of the prelims. I'm fine with that. All right. So I mean, we get really won't go value hunting here because we're just going to take Arnold Allen here uh, at plus one sixty. Our next fight: Chris Curtis minus one ninety five against Mark Andre Barriol at plus one fifty. Uh, if you remember Chris Curtis's last fight, it was stopped very quickly uh, because uh, of an accidental clash of the heads, and there was a lot of blood, and so they had to stop the fight. And uh, if you're looking at Barriol, he's coming in on a two-fight winning streak. Uh, he's going to be kind of at home. This is in Canada, right? And so they, lo- they love their home hun- home countrymen. Yeah, so he's from and Canada, women. but he's plus 150 uh, on the money line here. You say you don't like a lot of dogs, so I don't think you're going to be leaning towards Barriol, but how do you see this I, one? Yeah, I think just stylistically this is a good matchup for Chris Curtis. This is a fight that's going to be contested on the feet. Uh, Mark andre Barriol basically has a straightforward approach. He comes uh, after you like the Terminator, walks forward. Uh, He does have some strong boxing, and he's a big guy for the middleweight division. But I think Chris Curtis, his versatility, he's got some very good elusive boxing uh, and and striking defense. I also think that he's learned uh, from a couple of the times that he's lost, like to to Jack Hermanson, uh, to Calvin Gastelum. And we've seen him bounce back, you know, with, with some strong efforts. The Joaquin Buckley fight was an outstanding performance he had back in December of 2022 at UFC 282. And I think right now, Chris Curtis, who's priced at FanDuel as we're recording this podcast at the Dower 96, that's about it. If he goes up to the minus 200 or beyond that, you have to go value hunting. And I wouldn't hate the idea of Chris Curtis uh, winning via knockout, or he's not going to submit Andre Burrow, so it's going to be via knockout. No, no reason to hedge and go inside the distance. So, I would believe that just the the, the leaky defense that we've seen at times at Mark Andre Burrow is going to cause some issues, and, and Chris Curtis could land, you know, some sort of uh, uh, fight-altering strike 
within the within this time frame. Um, it, but I like the value at Chris Curtis, but nothing beyond minus uh, two hundred. All right, put him in our parlay. You can definitely put him in our parlay. Okay, and I, I think a small, you know, maybe so by, a, maybe a half unit uh, by Kale by knockout is plus two seventy. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Chris Curtis by points is plus one fifty five. By knockout is plus two seventy, and like you mentioned, submission is twenty two to one. So that's not that's at the very bottom of the odds there. So we're gonna go a little sprinkle by knockout at plus two seventy, but we're gonna put Chris Curtis into our parlay. Our next fight here before we get to our co main event: Neil Magny plus two sixty against Mike Malott, who is minus three sixty. That's uh, the heaviest favorite on this main card here. Um, you know. These two uh, should be a very good fight here uh, between these two. These guys are, like, not in the top 10. They're right around the top 15 in this division, but there should be a good one here between these guys despite the odds. Yeah, Mike Mowat, very, you know, heavily regarded guy that came into the UFC. He's now 10-1-1 in his mixed martial arts career. He's undefeated in the UFC. He's got three finishes, uh, both of them under a round and a half, a guy that has... Very good submissions. Six submissions of, of his 10 wins uh, have come at that variety. Utilizes strikes to get fights to the ground and then submit you. Neil Magny, I mean, dude, has been in there with everybody. He just continues to be fed killers left and right. The, I mean, look, Machado Gary, Gilbert Burns, Shavkat Rachmanov, Jeff Neal, Robbie Lawler, mm-hmm. The Leech, Santiago Ponzinibbio, RDA, like, dude's been in there with everybody. Everybody who's anybody in the welterweight division. And he's a lengthy fighter. He's a very difficult fighter to mirror, you know, in training camp. And he's not going to be intimidated going, uh, you know, into his opponent's backyard, facing the, the, the – well, actually, is it going to be a hostile crowd? They're Canadians. Uh, yeah, come on. They love they, – they're going to be – they're going to be loud. It'll be politely loud. Polite, okay, there it is. Politely loud. Yeah. And, what do you and, want them throwing beer into the octagon? No, I'm not saying that. But like when you go to Brazil, like they they fucking hate everybody well, except the Brazilians. Yeah, but I mean, this is come on. They're... So that's what I, that's what I'm getting at. And, and certainly, look, I'm not ignoring it on this fight and, and several other ones that the you know crowds could sway judges. I wouldn't be surprised if we get yeah. some sort of awkward scorecard because Malat's sh- from there. Strikes. Yeah, yeah. My, Malat's one of the Canadians, and I think only. Two fights uh, don't feature Canadian uh, on the card, uh, including the main event. So, uh, you know, outside of that, oh, yeah, just the main event and co-main event. Yeah. Every other card has a Canadian. Yeah. So every other fight, I mean, ha- has a Canadian. Um, I think this is, this is probably, gosh, I just, I just have a hard time seeing Mike Mollott land something significantly on Neil Magny, be, being able to get through on the distance because Magny's very good at that and then get this fight to the ground where he could submit him. We've seen Neil Magny get submitted before, uh, you know, way back when. RDA, you know, certainly comes to mind. And we've seen him get stopped. Uh, you know, Shakov Rachmanov finishes everybody. But I think this is just a healthy play of Malat into the parlay. I do expect him to win the fight. Um, and likely via decision. I think Magny is savvy enough, veteran enough, to avoid danger, but really he's not going to be able to have a, an advantage somewhere. So to me, there's probably going to be some value on Malat just not being able to get Neil Magny out of there. Because, look, this is a dramatic step up in competition for mm-hmm. Mike Malat. All right, we're looking at uh, some value here. We're going to put Malat into the uh, parlay along with Chris Curtis. 
Mike Malat by submission, plus 135. Malat by knockout, plus 310. Malat by points and Magni by points, both 5-1. to one. Magni by knockout, 9-1. to one. Magni by submission, 18, plus 1,800. Sorry. I think it's just a tall order to ask you know, Neil Magni to win the fight. If he's going to win it, he's probably going to win it via decision, a split decision, mm-hmm. You know, may- maybe scoring some. This is also one of those other type of fights where I like like Malat to win round two to start. Coupling that to maybe get the value a little bit lower that Malat's not going to come in there and blow the doors off uh, of a Neil Magny. But I, you said that Malat at decision is 5-1? to one? Yeah. I, I like that. Ooh, okay. I like another, that as a, as a another sprinkle. Prop. All right, another sprinkle. So we'll add the sprinkle. Mike Malat by points at five to one. We'll add that to our, our sprinkle list. <laughs> All right, our co-main event is a title fight. There is a vacant bantamweight title, and these women involved will be fighting for it. Raquel Pennington is plus one thirty-five. Myra Buena Silva is minus one seventy-five. Raquel Pennington plus one thirty-five. So Myra Buena Silva minus one seventy-five. The favorite here. Uh, Pennington comes in on a five-fight winning streak. Buena Silva's been on a roll as well. This should be a very good uh, a fight between these two women and for the vacant, uh, vacant title here. If you listen to uh, this podcast or you listen to any other type of MMA podcast, now the theme moving on forward within the fight night is going to be cardio. Okay. Whose cardio is going to hold up? Raquel Peddington is going to be regarded as the one that has the cardio Advantage, not just because of where she trains at altitude, but her and, and her familiarity with five round fights. But the fact that this is a five round fight and that she's someone that has to weather the early storm and then dirty up this fight, work her clinch game, get some takedowns, work in a little bit of dirty boxing, and then she maybe becomes, uh, you know, the future women's bantamweight champion of the world. Obviously, this fight is taking place because Amanda Nunez has decided to retire. So this is for the championship. On the other side, what you're going to hear is that Myra Buena Silva has looked extremely impressive over, uh, over the last year, two years. A lot of people are going to crap on her last performance, and that's because it was ruled a no contest because she tested positive for Adderall. Mm-hmm. I take Adderall sometimes when I had, well, when I did it in college when I had to study for a test or when I was in my yeah, 20s, I wanted to stay up late. We don't drug test here. I don't take it now. Um, <laughs> but I'm saying is, is like, look, look, like, yes, she popped her a banned substance, but what did she do? She got in there with a former champion of the world, a person that has a victory over Raquel Peddington, mm-hmm. someone that has kind of, uh, yes, Holly Holm is known for her, her head kick around the world uh, of Ronda Rousey and, and her striking, but really as she got older, she was known for her clinch game and working things, you know, against offense. Myra Buena Silva said, okay, I'll do that. And then she bulldog choked her and got the submission win in a main event, five-round featured fight. Raquel Pennington's going to look to institute the same game plan. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is I am not on board with Raquel Pennington cashing as a dog because she's going to dirty up a fight and win via cardio. I think Myra Buena Silva is a finisher. I think she's going to be prepared the type of fight that she's going to face against Raquel Pennington. Myra Buena Silva inside the distance is my selection for this fight. All right. Myra Buena Silva inside the distance here. So method of victory here. Buena Silva by submission, plus 200. Pennington by points, plus 240. Silva by points at plus 310. Pennington by submission at plus 750. But you think inside the distance by Buena Silva. So 
by submission is plus 200. I'm just going to I'm going to go both because I think that she also, you know, she has a lot of power uh, that could cause some issues for Raquel Peddington. So, so how about this? Will the fight go the distance? No is minus 120. Right yeah, now. I think that that's fine because okay. I think also you could, you could hedge that, believe it, maybe Raquel Peddington takes over late, gets a late stoppage in that fourth or fifth round because I'm not ignoring the cardio. I just don't want it. To, I, I'm just not of the belief that in this fight and then in the main event that that has to be the storyline, that that has to be the reason. I, I've done it before, and I'm not going to get, you know, Ignore the fact that that some people are going to put their money on that being a certain reason why you back a fighter. Mm -hmm. I've done it personally before. I'm just not going to do it in this instance. I just believe that Myra Blaina Silva is being disrespected from that cardio or Raquel Paddington's that's being favored too much. And as we get to the main event, that's exactly how I feel with Dreykus Duplessis and, and, and Sean Strickland. All right, let's get to that main event. Sean Strickland, Dreykus Duplessis 2. Can we call it 2? Because of what happened? Yes. Brandon <laughs> you, Moreno, the, at, the at referee. UFC 296, can we call it? Is that kind of like when Stone Cold used to come in and be the referee and you'd get like another wrestler being the referee <laughs> in two wrestlers Wait, were fighting? You at, were you at the uh, the uh, pay-per-view that Stone Cold was the, the, the referee when Undertaker and Kane? <gasps> I don't. And then, and then Stone Cold got fired? No. the okay. only I've only been to one WWF because that's when it was WWF yeah, for sure. pay-per-view event, and it was the one when um, Shane McMahon jumped off the Jumbotron onto the big show, and uh, it was right in front of me. Wow. That's where our seats okay. were, and he jumped right in front of us, and it was insane. I bet that was nuts. But no, I've not. I've watched those other ones on okay, TV. Okay, so yeah, yeah. this was one where, where Stone Cold was the referee for yeah. Kane Undertaker oh, for the title. It. Oh, yeah. He counted them both out, gave himself the title, and yep. then McMahon fired him. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, man, wrestling used to be so cool. I'm going to do my best right now to not say DDP. But just uh, the one time. Yeah, there you go. That's you it. can't. There's That's only it. one DDP. Come on, we know that. Okay. Sean Strickland, obviously, remember the huge knockout over Israel Adesanya. Dreykus do Plessis, uh, or Duplessis, excuse me, uh, took out Whitaker in his last timeout. This should be a great fight. These two freaking hate each other. They absolutely despise each other. The press conference has been great. Like, everything has been awesome. I, can't, I love these type of fights where the guys absolutely hate each other. Strickland right now is the favorite at minus 125. You could have gotten Duplessis at plus money earlier in the week when I checked earlier. It's like plus 110-ish. Now he's at minus 102. Close to a pick'em, close to even money there for Duplessis. So, but money coming in on Strickland right now. Yeah, and look, it, it makes sense. He's he's been impressive. You know, this three fight win streak, including a very dramatic upset of Israel Adesanya. He stepped in for Dreykus Duplessis because uh, Dreykus needed to have, I think, some knee surgery or, or you know, just a little bit of a minor surgery on his leg, so he wasn't ready to take the fight. And look, Sean Strickland landed a, a very good, I think, left hand early on in that fight against Adesanya and then cruised to a victory. And look, that's what Sean Strickland does. Sean Strickland fights at a forensic pace, uh, four or five rounds. He could do it for 25 rounds. He has very good, elusive, defensive boxing, a very, very piston-like jab that, look, if you go back and watch the Robert Whitaker fight or even the uh, Darren Till fight that both of those gentlemen had against Dreykus Duplessis, that caused some issues for Dreykus, and he was bleeding out of his nose. So that's one reason why to, to, to believe that Sean Strickland, you know, has, has an advantage. And look, the cardio issue, the storyline, 
has come up with Duplessis. Like, he, 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 first off, has not looked good from a cardio standpoint. He looked like he had a dump against Darren Till, a cardio dump against Darren Till. Then he got his second win and was able to get him out of there. But it's always ha- been, been an issue for him. He then recently got nasal uh, surgery that cleared up. Apparently, he was only breathing at about 5% of his, his nasal capabilities. He cleared that up, and this will be his second fight after having said surgery. He looked very good in his, with his cardio against Robert Whitaker. He looked very good with his game plan against Robert Whitaker, instituting takedowns. So for me, that nullifies any threat if Sean Strickland were to utilize that grappling. He never has. He's got very good grappling, but he never has. You talked about the emotions of this fight, Adam, and that has to be a storyline. Where is Sean Strickland's head in regards to this fight? Now, I know he's smart and he's trying to sell pay-per-views, but he seems to be really more emotionally invested in this fight. Mm -hmm. And the last time that he did that, his hands were down and Alex Pereira sent him to the shadow realm. (laughs) All right? Dreykus can do the same thing. Dreykus is a thick, very well-built, compact middleweight. It's shocking to me how he cuts down to 185 pounds. And the more and more I look at this, I was early on Sean Strickland. I just thought the cardio taking over, the jab. The more I look at it and I went and go watching back that Robert Whitaker fight, man, I, I'm really on Duplessis now. Wow. I, I really think that, that the cardio is not going to be an issue, that the power is going to bother Sean Strickland. Duplessis' you know, game plan from a grappling standpoint likely could work. And I think that, you know, but again, I, I do believe Duplessis is going to have to get him out of the first three rounds. If he doesn't and we're getting into the championship rounds, Sean Strickland's your guy because Sean Strickland's going to be the one that's not breathing heavily and is going to be able to, to fire off some strikes. But what's also going to be very interesting to see is, A, the weigh-ins. How does Duplessis, did he make the cut? Yeah. Okay to 185. And, and, and what are the final kind of weigh-ins and interviews and everything else? Where is Sean Strickland's head in regards to this fight? All right, so our method of victory here, Duplessis by uh, knockout, plus 220. Strickland by knockout, plus 240. Strickland by points, plus 310. Dreykus by submission, plus 600. Dreykus by points, plus 800. And Strickland by submission, 13 to 1. I don't see the uh, Dreykus, or I don't see the Strickland submission at 13 no, to 1. No, I think no. we could ignore that. Yeah. Really, every other scenario I, I potentially can, maybe not Dreykus, Via uh, submission, although I have seen him, he has a very good darts joke that that he uh, you know has showcased before. He actually had Robert Whitaker in in it pretty deep. Whitaker got out of that, so I don't. I wouldn't hate any method of victory. I will take the under though. I think we're getting a finish. In okay. This fight. All right. Uh, let's see. What? Well, uh, let's see. Method of victory. Blah blah blah. I'm looking. Will this go the distance? I'm looking for will this go the distance here. Hold on. I'm seeing fan duel. Fight uh, fight doesn't go to decision. Fan duel at 290. Yeah, that's that's heavy price. Yeah, it is. So looking at it right now, under two and a half is minus a dollar twenty four at fan duel. All right. That's okay. That that that's that's thinking that that Duplessis is going to win the fight. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, because look, this Sean, might be a live bet. Yeah, and look, Sean Strickland has been knocked out. He mm-hmm. was knocked out by Alessio Dos Santos. He was knocked out, as I mentioned, against Alex Pereira. So, the chin, you can say, hey, it might be a little bit questionable. And look, a similar type fighter beat Sean Strickland via decision, and that was Jared Cannonier. 
in his most recent loss. This was the fight after the Alex Pereira knockout. And that was because Cannoneer landed with more power and more you know, velocity and violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if that happens, do, who's the likely one to do that? It's going to be Duplessis. Uh, anything that is our our main card there for uh, Sean Strickland versus Drakus Duplessis here for UFC 297. Anything in the prelims that you've got? We also only have two fights in our parlay right now. Yeah, I think Jasmine uh, Joshua Davisius via oh. submission over the uh, Priscilla Cachoeira, the uh, yeah. the zombie girl. Uh, I think certainly worth a look if you could find because Jasmine's a, a four to one Plus favorite. Four eighty. For that submission, submission. Yeah. yeah. Look, Cachuera has never corrected her inability, her ability to prevent fights from getting to the ground. Uh, Jusevicius is a Canadian, very good grappler, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised seeing a submission there. Uh, outside of that, you know, it's 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 heavy with the favorites. You got to get creative with uh, the method of, of victory. If you need dogs to consider, I know we always like that. Garrett Armfield versus Brad Katona. He's a plus 162 underdog. And Shaw Woodson, also plus 162 underdog against Charles Jordan. All right, so I put uh, Jasmine into our parlay. So we've got Curtis, Malott, and Jasmine. That pays plus 145. Okay. That's pretty good. That's fine. That's pretty good. Leave it at that. Our other selections, Arnold Allen, Moneyline at plus 160. A sprinkle a little bit on Chris Curtis by knockout at plus 270. Sprinkle a little bit on Malott by points at 5-1. to uh, Silva inside the distance at minus two, uh, 120 and Dreykus at minus 102 like to it. beat Sean Strickland. That is our podcast here for UFC 297. Should be a great one as we inch closer to UFC 300. Maybe we'll have some more news for you next week uh, that we can talk about maybe a main event, maybe a title fight. I don't know. Announce something, Dana White. I mean, come on. What are we waiting for here? He's Jordan Sherwood. Get all of his picks, fatjacksports.com. Make sure you sign up. Fat Jack's been great during the uh, NFL playoffs, so you can sign up there, get all of his NFL playoffs, picks, college basketball, and NBA as well. And, of course, all of Jordan's picks. You can also follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah, and we'll talk to you next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Thanks for listening.